The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. If we're going to survive this crisis, we have to be self-reliant. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. Peter cried out, we're all gonna die. It's my opinion that we all should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues involved with off-grid living. And from time to time, I'll throw in some political comments as well, because I really do feel that our republic is worth saving. And any chance I have to do that, I take it. My goal I wish to accomplish with this show is to make my listeners self-sufficient and also to help them build their faith in God. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. This show is aired on KYAH, 540 AM, Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. It can also be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, it can be heard on WRMI, Radio Miami International. This show is also a podcast available on demand by these services. Anchor, Spreaker, PodPoint, and PodPage. And I thank you so much for tuning in. And I appreciate having you on board today for this show. This show is going to be talking about survival. And so there's going to be some doom and gloom today, and I can't help it. But I'm going to tell you a few things that are going on. And then I want to discuss things that we can do to sustain ourselves through an entire crisis. And I don't think this crisis that we're heading into is going to be short-lived. So I think we really have to buckle down. Because as I've stated in other shows, I'm afraid that we're entering a new age. Like the Dark Ages or the Iron Age or the Stone Age. I think that historically we're entering a whole new age. And it is going to be a very dark age going to be a lot of struggles. Things are going to get tough. And so we have to have things that are sustainable. Now, I do realize that the leftists have stolen that word sustainable. And they're using that as a catchphrase for 
their agenda 2030 and so forth. And so I know when I use that term, some people might get turned off by it. But you know, the left has stolen so many words, like the word gay used to mean happy and exuberant. It was a kind of a fun type of a happy. It was a gay event. And now the word gay has been stolen by sexual deviants that practice unnatural sex. And so when you say the word gay today, people immediately, their mind goes into the gutter. And so when I say the word sustainable, I want to use it. I want to use it in the way that it really is meant to be used and not as a catchphrase of the left. So I want to clear that up right now. But I am to be talking about sustainable ways because I think this crisis is going to be so bad that just having a month or a year supply of food is not going to be enough. I think a year minimum supply of food at this point. But what happens when the food runs out? Then what are you going to do? And the crisis is still here. I think that the powers that be, the satanic globalists, are getting ready to unleash countless different pandemics and plagues on us. I think they're getting ready to unleash a massive world war. They don't care how they kill us as long as they get the job done and we're dead. Now, it's a very strong opinion, but it happens to be my opinion. Everything you see in the world that's absolutely demonic, that makes no sense, other than the fact that it does make sense if they're trying to depopulate the world, because everything they're doing, every decision that's made, is making the world situation worse. But also, naturally, things are getting worse. But when I say naturally, I'm going to say that very loosely. Because if we have the ability to grow a human ear on the back of a mouse, or manipulate DNA, and make different creatures, and make different plants, what makes you think that they can't control the weather? I know that several years ago we were having a very bad drought, and Vladimir Putin claimed that the Russians had mastered controlling the weather, and so he offered that technology to the United States, and so we can get some much-needed rain. Now, was he blustering? I don't know. But I do know that we have the Heart Project and we have all sorts of different satellites and different things that are doing who knows what because it's all classified. And it does seem to me that the weather is being controlled by chemtrails and all sorts of different things, whether it be through electronics or lasers. I've seen videos of some of the fires out in California and along the West Coast that indeed looked like that they were caused by a burst of laser that was coming from somewhere up in the sky. I don't know if it was a satellite or what it was, but of course, the videos could be doctored, they could be hoaxed, but they looked real enough to me. And I don't think it's any coincidence that right now Kansas is having a severe drought and 40% of the wheat crop in western Kansas has failed. And we get 25% of our wheat from Kansas alone. And now 40% 
of Kansas wheat has already failed. In other words, we're not going to get that wheat from Kansas. We're not going to import it from Russia or Ukraine. That's out of the question. And other countries that export wheat have decided not to export any wheat this year. And so the price of noodles and bread and anything that has wheat in it, which is a vast number of products, the prices are going to go through the roof, plus they're going to be scarce. And then you look at Lake Powell and Lake Mead that have the lowest water level in history. And I've spent a lot of time in Arizona, and I know how fertile the bottomlands in Arizona are if they're irrigated. Well, there's no way that they're going to get the water to irrigate. So we're going to lose a lot of the productivity from Arizona and that region that produces a lot of vegetables that go on our tables. So the weather patterns have been extremely dry. And to add to that, I've got to throw out a red alert that I'm going to officially declare that anything that's dry land in west central Nebraska is a total failure. Now, I mentioned on my shows that I harvest hay. Well, I'm on my third field. The first field, I normally get around 125 bales. And I'm talking small little bales that weigh about 60 pounds. And so the field isn't very big. Well, this year, I got 60. So roughly half. The next field I went to, I got about 10% less bales than last year. And so I thought, well, that's really a good improvement. You know, only a 10% drop. I can live with that. And so I was still optimistic. Well, then I got two phone calls of the next two fields, and they told me, don't bother to come. There's nothing to cut. And at first, I really didn't believe them. Well, then I moved to a field today. And before I got there, there was a field along the way that someone had taken a swather out and swathed it. But it looked like it had been baled, but they did a poor job of baling, and they left a little bit of hay in the field. And then I noticed that, no, that hadn't been baled at all. There just wasn't anything in the windrows. just was so patchy that it didn't even look like it was worth cutting. Then I had a bad feeling about what I was going to find. And if I hadn't promised that I was going to do this field, I would have turned around and went home. Because with the price of fuel to actually work this ground and go over it and, and harvest it, it's going to cost me some money. And I mowed it today. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to yield around 80% less than last year. So it's not even going to pay for my gas to harvest it. And we've had lots of days over 100 degrees and a very hot south wind. And all of that grass that usually stays green all summer is now dormant. And grass that's usually very easy to mow with my sickle bar mower was very hard to mow. It was like mowing shoe leather because the grass was that tough. And I went and looked at a couple other of my fields, and I've decided I'm going to suspend my hay season. There's no use spending the time or the money to go over these fields and get no hay for it. And so I'm going to wait and see if it rains. And if it rains, things might green up a little bit. It might come back a little bit. But I'm going to tell you right now that 
my hay season is a total failure. And so I don't know what I'm going to do for winter feed. But I look out at the pastures, and the pastures are all drying up. And if you're down on the river bottom and it's in a low spot, you're going to cut about what you normally do because it looks really good. But you get out of that immediate area. You might even go just a half mile down the road, and the fields are just bare. And so I'm not the only one that's in trouble. So I'm going to tell everybody right now that Kansas is in horrible trouble. And so food prices are going to get higher. And although it's not made the news, and you're not going to hear this from anybody else but me, but I'm going to declare West Central Nebraska total disaster for anything dry land. So don't count on Nebraska to feed anybody because we're going to have an awful hard time feeding our livestock and just keeping in business. If we don't start having consistent rains for the rest of the summer, I see a bloodbath for the ranchers in this area. Now the farmers that are irrigating with the price of electricity and the price of fuel, I think they're going to take a bloodbath too. But anybody that's dry land farming is definitely going to take a bloodbath. And so we have an awful lot of things to look at that are the perfect storm that is going to come and hit this country like a runaway freight train, like Snidely Whiplash is tightest to the railroad tracks and the train's going to hit us no matter what, because Dudley Do-Right is nowhere in sight. We're in trouble, folks. We are in bad, serious trouble. And so if you have a garden, keep your garden watered and weeded and make it do its maximum amount of what it can do. And we have to become sustainable. And we're going to have to be able to weather a storm that I think that may last for years. The policies of what's coming out of Washington are meant to destroy our economy. We're on the verge of having the dollar no longer be the currency that the world uses. And as soon as the dollar is out and is dethroned, all of these countries that had to trade with U.S. dollars to have world trade are going to be cashing those dollars in for whatever currency that's going to replace the dollar. And if you think inflation is bad now, you just wait till those billions, if not trillions of dollars, start flooding back into this country from countries that want to exchange the dollar for the new currency of choice. And the war drums over Ukraine are insane. It's not worth any nation getting involved in. The Ukraine and Russia have had trouble for generations. And the leadership in Ukraine are, by their own admission, they're addicted to cocaine. They're drug addicts. They're making decisions that are totally insane. And Russia is going to squash them like a bug. And no matter what the news media says, Russia is destroying Ukraine systematically. And it now seems that the German Chancellor is talking about World War III as well. And large areas of NATO countries have to be prepared for attacks. And then you look at what China is doing over with Taiwan. 
and you look at what Israel is trying to do with Iran. And I don't care how you slice this, folks. We are headed for a war in a very, very bad one. And when you're talking the world superpowers getting into a tussle, it's going to get really ugly really fast. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. The United States government and the deep state and all the puppet-controlled politicians are doing their utmost to destroy our economy. Now, do you remember when they had antitrust laws and also when they had anti-monopoly laws where they'd break up the monopoly, like when they broke up the Bell telephone system? Now, you do realize that the big box stores and the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world are a monopoly. They'll never break them up because that is who is controlling a lot of the world's politics right now. The global elitists, the big corporations, they care nothing about our Constitution. As a matter of fact, they hate our Constitution. And we can say, well, we have our guns. We're going to fight for our rights. You've heard the story about taking a knife to a gunfight and you don't come out very well if you have the knife. Well, the powers that be have a group of thugs that are well armed with weapons that we have no comprehension of how powerful they are and how deadly they're going to be. And so we might have the finest gun ever made, but we're not going to stand a chance against a laser-guided weapon. And as I stated before that I've seen videos that seem to have a laser coming from somewhere in the sky like in outer space. If that is true, that we have satellites that can pinpoint and cause fires and burn houses down and do all sorts of damage, that they can focus right in on one person and hit them from outer space, which I have no doubt they can do that, then all the guns in the world aren't going to do any good. So we are really up against it. I am totally pro-Second Amendment. I just understand that these people are one step ahead of us. And they've used our money to do it. They've closed down all the mom-and-pop stores and put in all the big box stores. And all these big box stores seem to give money to Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all sorts of debauchery as far as the transgender movement. All these other things that are just absolutely tearing our society down. So we have all sorts of things we have to get ready for. And we're getting hit from all angles. We're getting hit from the sky by being spied on and chemtrails and all sorts of things. We're getting hit from the left and the right. We're getting hit from the bottom and the top. We're getting hit in the middle. I don't care where you look you'll be able to see we're getting hammered. And so the only way we're going to survive this is if we, the people, develop ways that are sustainable 
that have absolutely nothing to do with imports, exports, government programs, none of it. We have to become 100% self-sufficient in everything we do. Now, if that means buddying up with people, which I do think that we should do that, then by all means, people that think alike need to buddy up and try to have each other's back. But even more than that, we have to discover ways that we can survive without having anyone watch our back. We have to watch our own back. And we actually have to relearn to live like our great-grandparents and all of our ancestors before that. And all of these people for all these generations were self-sufficient, and they could sustain their life from one day to the next and one year to the next. And it used to be that the fathers would pass things down to their sons, and the mothers would pass things down to their daughters. But all of that cycle was broken on purpose by Hollywood and all of the gadgets they came up with in the 20th century, like the movies and television and mass communication, and then ultimately the cell phones and the internet, is all a big disconnect. People think that if they have FaceTime with someone and they're staring at the computer screen and they see the image of someone, that they're having quality time with that person. Nothing could be further from the truth. They're still staring at a computer, and they're still talking to a computer, just like I'm talking to this microphone. Nothing beats real FaceTime, where you're both in the same room, talking to each other, where you can touch each other where you can see each other. There's no substitute for that. But yet we've been spoon-fed that technology is all we need. And the catchphrase, trust in the science. Who controls the science? Well, the evil people of the world, the elites, they're the ones that buy all of the scientists. And there's a handful of really good scientists out there that actually do real research. And they're very credible, and they're very honest. But they're also very shunned and ostracized by the scientific community because they're not part of the good old boy club. And if you don't think there isn't a good old boy club among the scientists, then you're sadly mistaken. The reason that I'm saying all of this is to make the point that we cannot rely on modern science. We cannot rely on government. We can't rely on midterm elections because elections are rigged, they're fake, phony. We can't rely on what we're being taught in the schools because they're social engineering. For the most part, the system cares nothing about a child learning. They only care about a child being socially indoctrinated. And so we have a massive propaganda, massive brainwashing, massive attack on all levels. And I've really been thinking about how we, the people, and I'm talking about the common people of the earth, how we can fight back. And the best way that I have come up with in my mind to fight back is to make sure that we don't need these people, that we don't buy their products. Now, I used to eat out quite a bit because with my career as an entertainer, I had a lot of fast food tons of fast food over the years. But I was thinking just the other day, when's the last time I had a fast food hamburger? 
Well, it used to be about four or five times a week. Now I think it's been around three years since I've had a fast food anything because I don't patronize them. And why don't I? Because you have the big burger joints like McDonald's and all the others that are giving money to Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all sorts of communist front groups. And I am not going to fund my own destruction. And I can't even remember when the last time I had a Coca-Cola product, but I'll never have another one again because I'm too white to drink Coca-Cola. I'm too white to have anything to do with them. And so they can go bankrupt as far as I'm concerned. And all the companies they own can go bankrupt as well. Because these people are trying to bankrupt us as a society. They're trying to bankrupt us morally. They're trying to bankrupt us physically. They're trying to bankrupt us financially. And the only way that we are going to be able to survive this is if we can batten down the hatches and ride out the storm. But we can do it in style. We don't have to live in some draconian type of state. We can live the life that we want to live apart from all these other people. Now, as a Christian, I realize that we're called to live in this world but not be of the world. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out what that meant. Now I know for sure what is meant by that. And so I have no trust in our government. I have no trust in anything that's man-made, none of the institutions. Because the more I research for my radio show, the more I know that we're lied to about everything. We as a people of the world are being held basically as cash cows. Every time we turn around, we have to be handing somebody money. But ultimately, the money goes to the government with taxes and so forth. Ultimately, the money goes to the corporations. Our money has a one-way ticket out from our hands. Maybe it passes through several hands before it gets to the corporations or the government. But ultimately, that's where it ends up. And the government is not your friend. The legal system is not your friend. You notice I didn't say justice system because there's no justice. If there was justice, then the 2020 election would not have been stolen and Hillary Clinton would be rotting in jail, if not hanging for treason. So we have no justice, and it seems like everything we've been spoon-fed all through school, that the whole framework is a lie. I've been digging so deep on so many things, and my eyes are now wide open, and I see a lot of things for what they really are. Not everything yet, but I'm getting closer every day because I am studying every day. But I have studied enough to know that I wanted to make this show all about being self-sufficient. And being self-sufficient means being sustainable. You have to be able to sustain your career, sustain your life, sustain your house, sustain your food supply, sustain your freedom, and sustain your sanity. Because we have an awful lot of things at stake here, folks. And what is really at stake is humanity itself. And so after the break, I want to come back and talk about ways we can be sustainable. Because that is the key. Being self-sufficient and self-sustaining 
is the only way we're going to survive this. And I'm going to be telling you about some plans that I have made, and I've kicked them into action, and I'll tell you where I'm at in my plans, and I'll tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing, and hopefully that will build a fire under some of you to maybe improve upon my plans or look at your own situation and make your own plans, which I think is the best way to go. But I want to be an inspiration for you, for you to understand that if you don't get anything else out of this show, is that you have to be self-sustainable and you have to be self-sufficient. Those are the two key things you have to go towards. I don't care whether you're on-grid or off-grid. I don't care what your situation is right now. That is your ultimate goals. Your two goals. Be self-sustainable and self-sufficient. And on the other side of the break, I'll come back and let's talk about ways that we can be both self-sustaining and self-sufficient. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea.
to the second half of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, and I really do appreciate you tuning in today. And if you'd like to send me an email, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Jim at offgridliving.faith. And I'd love to hear from you. Well, the first half of the show, I was talking all about some problems that we have. And, and in this half of the show, I want to talk about things that we can do to become more self-sufficient and be able to rely on our own selves to save the day, so to speak. Because I really don't think that there's a lot out there that's going to be able to help us because even the food banks are starting to run short on food. And so if you're counting on running to your local food bank, you're liable to one day show up and there'll be a closed sign hanging on their door. And then what are you going to do? And then also, if you've got six months worth of food and you think that you're doing great, which you are doing really good if you have six months of food that's all stored up, but what happens when that runs out? I really don't think that any situation that we're going to get into is going to be resolved in a month. So a month's supply of food is a mere pittance. I just think it'll make you survive a month. And then what are you going to do? Same way with six months. And the only reason I think a year's supply of food is going to do any good at all is it gets you into another growing season to where you can forage. And it also gets you through another hunting season. Now, I want nobody to poach. I want everyone to hunt legally because that's the best way to do it. But if everything breaks down to total chaos, which it just might, then hunting season kind of goes out the window. And then you have to do what you have to do to provide for you and your family. But I'm not sure how far society is going to break down, other than we have a whole generation that doesn't know if they're male or female. We have a whole generation that would rather play video games and live in an alternative reality other than living their real life in this real world. And so when I talk about the perfect storm, it's all the way around us. It's the decay of our society. It's the indoctrination of our children. It's the social engineering of the universities. It's the corporations that are trying to be very political and actually be the real leadership in the world. And all of the elected governments are either put in illegally, like illegitimate Joe Biden, or they're corrupt. And people see politics as a way to get rich right now, because all they have to do is go in and accept bribe money and then all of a sudden they're rich people. Just look at the Obamas. Look at the Clintons. Look at the Bushes. Look at all of them. And that's how they've all got their money is through being corrupt. And the Bidens are no exception. As a matter of fact, they're probably among the most corrupt family in the history of our country. So I'm just going to jump in and give you my thoughts and opinions on what can be done. First of all, you have to have food, water, and shelter. Those are your three biggies. And also, I'm going to stick in a fourth, and that's medicines and things for your health. If you can manage to have those items secured and stored up in abundance, or minimally, you have access to all of the above, then you're way ahead of 95% of the population of this country, maybe even higher, maybe 99%. As I do my daily work and I have to drive to my fields. I drive past several communities, and I look at the houses. I look at the people. I look at what they're doing. 
and it's like these people are all asleep. I don't think they have a clue what's about to hit them. Now, I hope that they're right and I'm wrong. I truly do. But I also am realistic. And I know that things have been lined up specifically at this time for things to go as bad as I think it's going to go. Because I think it's done on purpose. And anybody that thinks that things happen by chance, they're living in a fantasy world. So how do you get self-reliant? Well, let's start with food. If you don't have a garden this year, you really miss the boat. Now, it may not be too late for everything. So, seeds are now on discount, and you won't get near the yield, and you've kind of missed the boat on filling your pantry full of food as far as gardening. But you haven't missed it totally. And so, do what you can to plant what you can. And take care of it like it's gold. Don't just throw some seeds in the ground and walk away. You're going to have to really work at your garden. If you already have a garden planted, try to expand it if you can. For example, if you pull a row of beets, plant another row of beets right in their place. Rotate through. Even if the last beets you pull at the end of the season are small, at least it's something. I think that we have to be extremely progressive with our gardening. Keep your garden as weed-free as possible. Keep it as unstressed as possible. Keep it watered as well as possible. Do everything in your power to have your own personal bumper crop. I think that is absolutely vital this year. And also, hopefully, you planted heirloom seeds. And so start to learn how to save the different seeds of the different varieties of plants that you've planted. In other words, start planning for next year right now. I think that seeds are going to be worth their weight in gold. So anything that will produce seeds, even if you have to mark it as a B product, as a use just in case, you need to save all the seeds possible. And also as you're weeding your garden, if you have chickens, feed the weeds to your chickens. And also, if you have more weeds than what the chickens can eat, go ahead and put the weeds on a screen, put them out fairly thin and dry them, and make weed hay for your chickens. And then you can box it up and store it away. In other words, I'm telling you, don't throw anything away. Find a use for everything. And if you don't use it for anything else, use it for compost. Because I'm going to tell you what I think is coming down the pike. I think next year it's very possible that we will have no commercial fertilizer available at a price that we can afford. So therefore, it's time to learn how to garden like your great-grandparents did. As a matter of fact, I honestly think that if all of us would go back about four generations back and do things the way our great-grandparents did and even earlier, we'll find that we are not beholding to anybody, that we will be self-sufficient. If your idea of gardening is going to the garden center and getting the powders to put on your potato plants to keep the potato bugs off, and you use different sprays and different chemicals, and you use commercial fertilizer, that's all well and good. I have nothing wrong with that. But if that's the only way that you know how to garden, then what happens in the future if none of that is available? You're going to have to start from scratch. Now, I'm not telling you you have to garden like they did 150 or 200 years ago. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you need to know how to. Not necessarily that you have to, but you have to know how to.
and you have to have plans already in place for next year of gardening like your great-grandparents. And that means composting. That means planting different plants together in groups that actually benefit each other. That means really knowing horticulture. That means studying. That doesn't mean just going to a store and buying a box of something and spreading it out on the ground. In other words, you're going to become an amateur farmer. You're going to have to understand each variety, what it takes to grow it naturally and how to do it, and also weed suppression and mulch and everything else that comes with natural gardening. Now, those that already natural garden, you are so far ahead of the curve. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just expand your gardens as much as possible. So that's one thing that we need to do to be self-reliant, is the rest of this year treat your garden like gold. Now what I'm doing as far as the ranch out here is I'm trying to be ready for next year's planting season already. So I planted a plot of oats and a plot of corn to grow my own seed. And I have enough oats that I'll be able to plant right about 25 acres next year off of what I'm growing this year. I wish I could have grown triple what I did. But my seed oats look really good and the oats are really setting on right now. If everything goes to plan, I'll at least be able to have 20 acres of oats next year where I really want to have 60. But through the rest of the year, I'll be able to secure enough seed oats to put with what I harvest that next year's planting will be secured well in advance. And the type of corn that I planted is called Wapsie Valley, and it's an open pollinated variety of corn. And my seed plot is going to produce enough seed to plant right at 30 acres of corn. So I've got roughly 50 acres covered as far as producing my own seed. This area grows pretty good corn, but the trouble is, is that it grows better herds of deer. And every time I plant corn, it seems like right when it's ready to harvest, the deer come and wipe it out. And so I'm not real excited about planting a whole bunch of field corn just to watch it get annihilated. So next year I would imagine that I will plant a bigger seed plot and keep it protected and cut the other early and make insulage out of it before the deer really annihilate all the corn. And that way I'll have the roughage and the protein instead of just barren stalks with no ears on it, which is what I'm going to have if I just let it go to maturity. And also I have chickens, and I just got through acquiring more chickens, thanks to a listener, Catherine, and I really appreciate it, and all the chicks are doing really well. And I'm raising chickens for the eggs, not for the meat. Now, if worse comes to worst and I have to butcher some chickens, well, that's what's going to have to happen. But why kill the goose that lays the golden egg, so to speak? Because chicken eggs are high in protein, and protein is going to become very expensive. I can see that already. And so I'm going to have my own renewable source of protein. But here's the catch. Chickens eat an awful lot, and chicken feed is not inexpensive. A bag of chicken feed is going to cost you anywhere from $15 to $18, depending on which kind of feed you get and where you buy it. And with as many chickens as I have, I'm going to run through about a bag a week. So that's over 50 bags that I'm going to have to purchase. But what happens if I can't purchase any chicken food? Now, let's be realistic here. They released this bird flu to cull out all the chickens. And also, the big ag people that make a lot of the commercial feeds are putting things in the feeds that I don't believe in, 
and I don't think that you, the listener, probably believe in either, because I think that they're covering all bases, and they're looking at people like you and me thinking, well, they'll just buy the chicken feed, so we'll just go ahead and put whatever we want to get into the humans into the chicken feed. And if you think I'm being a little bit paranoid, uh, in this day and age, I would rather err on the side of caution. And after seeing how all the medical profession has bent over and thrown all of their patients under the bus just for a quick buck, I don't trust Pfizer, I don't trust Bayer, I don't trust any of these people. And a lot of these people are now investing in big agriculture. And to me, that's a huge red flag. But what happens if you go buy your chicken feed and you have a flock of, let's say, 30 chickens, and you go buy the feed and you find that the feed's backordered and they don't know when they're going to get it? Where does that leave you? If you have animals to secure your own protein, that's a wonderful thing. But remember, as you stock up survival food for you, you have to stock up survival food for your animals as well your dogs, your cats, your chickens, your horses, your cows, your pigs, whatever you have, you have to have basically a year's supply of food to feed all of them. Because I really see coming down the pike, we're going to have an awful hard time feeding our animals. And so what I'm doing is I'm buying some commercial feed, feed that I do trust, and I'm setting some back. But also, what happens when that runs out? And let's say there's still no commercial feed available. Then what? That's what I'm dealing with right now is, and then what? Well, chickens are birds, and birds eat seeds. And there's plenty of fence rows, plenty of fence corners that have weeds in it that are going to go to seed. And it's going to take me two or three days of harvesting, and it's going to be hard work. But I am going to gather as many seeds as I can. I don't care what kind of weed they're from, because the chickens will eat it. And I'll be able to mix that in with the commercial feed that I have stored back. And that will stretch my commercial feed. So let's say that I have two months worth of commercial feed. And I can go out and gather a whole bunch of wild seeds. Well, I could add those wild seeds in with the commercial feed and stretch that commercial feed out and double it. And if I can harvest enough wild seed to get me through the year, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to tell you it's going to be really hard work. Plus, chickens are really good at eating table scraps. Just make sure you give them the right kind of things. And don't forget, chickens are carnivores, and so they can eat meat protein. And they love insects. And also, chickens consume an awful lot of greens. So therefore, you can harvest greens for your chickens, like I said, and dry them and keep them for later. There's things you can do to keep your flock going if the commercial feed is not available. Same thing goes for all of your animals. Whatever they will eat, you stock up on. And I have quite a few barn cats out to keep the mice down. And they've got rid of all the mice, so I have a bunch of cats that are generally pretty hungry. And I do feed them twice a day. But how am I going to feed them if I run out of cat food? Well, cats can fend for themselves pretty well. But like I said before, I think they've cleaned all the mice out. And what is commercial feed made out of primarily, the cheaper feed? Well, the base of it is corn. And I'm growing corn, and I have my own ways to grind corn. And I do know that if you grind corn and make make cornmeal mush, and if you make your own lard, you can throw a little tallow in with your cornmeal mush, and the cats will eat it just fine. Now, will they thrive on it? Not necessarily, but it'll keep them healthy enough to go out and hunt. And so there's all sorts of things that we can do to be self-sufficient. 
But one of the things we have to understand is that we're a throwaway society. Instead of going in and buying paper towels, which most people do, go spend that money on regular towels that you can wash. Some dishcloths. And I know that this extra washing is a chore, but I think that our mindset of using it once and throwing it away has to go out the window. And that goes for diapers as well. And yes, disposable diapers are a godsend. But if you want to look at it realistically, even though it's a very bad job as cleaning all these towels and diapers and things like that, in the long run, you're not going to run out. What happens if you have babies in the house and you use disposable diapers and you don't even have any way to have the traditional diaper because you don't have any at all, no diaper pins, nothing, and you go to the store and they're sold out of disposable diapers? Now what? That's where this New World Order cabal is trying to do. They're trying to box us into a corner. And they think that what we're going to do is throw our hands up and give up and say, well, we give up. If we can't have our instant food and our instant this and our instant that, I guess we'll just quit. Well, it's time we weaned ourselves from all the instant everything. Learn how to cook. Learn how to can. Do everything in your power to be self-sufficient. So every time you go to a grocery store, instead of buying bread, buy flour and yeast and the ingredients it would take to bake bread. Home-baked bread is not easy to do, and it's a chore, and it's very much easier just to grab a loaf of bread and throw it in your cart. I get that. But you're going to have to get good at being self-sufficient, and that's going to mean making everything that you have. I truly think it's going to get that bad that you're going to go to a grocery store and there's not going to be any bread. Now, if that's the case, that's not going to harm you if you've learned how to bake bread. So it's all a mindset that you have to acquire. And I think that the best way to start in this journey of doing everything as self-sufficient as possible is I think you need to start now while you don't have to be self-sufficient, while there's still bread on the shelves, while there's still things that you can buy. But if you can wean yourself away from this disposable society and wean yourself away from this instant gratification, and learn how to make do with what you have. And learn how to make your own things. Grow your own food. Can your own food. Go forage. All the little things it's going to take to make you self-sufficient. If you start training yourself right now with baby steps, when the day comes that you go to the grocery store and the shelves are empty, or you go to buy gas for your car, and you can't because there's no gas at the gas pumps, or the grid is down and the gas pumps won't work. There's so many things that they're setting up right now that we have to prepare for that would take me probably five or six episodes to touch on everything. But I've concentrated on food in this episode. But I'm going to switch away just a little bit and talk about water. You need to have a way to filter water. You need a water filtration system. They sell these chemical kits where you could put contaminated water and add these ingredients, and it'll clean it up. It'll make it drinkable. But I think each and every one of us needs to have a water source that's natural, whether it be a pond or a stream of some sort. And we need to find an area where the water is as clean as possible to start with. So you'd have to avoid any ponds that are shallow and stagnant. You'd have to avoid any rivers that sewage is flowing in the river. You have to do some research and find out which river or stream in your area that you're going to be able to go out and use it as a fresh water source. 
Then you're going to have to run this water through your filtration system. And you're going to have to kill all the bacteria and all the protozoa and everything that might be in the water. You're going to have to render this water safe to drink, safe to use. And I think this is going to be fairly hard to do for a lot of people, especially if you live in a city. Your only other alternative is to try to hoard water. And I don't like the term hoard because it has a bad connotation. But we use more water than what we realize. And so when I say save water back for survival, we're going to have to hoard it because we use that much water. So five-gallon buckets are pretty cheap and they're stackable and you can seal them up airtight. And you can get five-gallon buckets for around $5 a piece. That might be a good investment to start storing water in these airtight plastic five-gallon buckets, then stacking them up about five high. But realize this, that water is heavy, and it would be best to put these on concrete and not on a board floor. And if you have to store these in a room that has a board floor, Store them around the outer edge of the room. Don't store them in the center of the room. Because all of that weight can lead to floor warpage. You don't want that either. So I think at a minimum you need to have some water stored back if you don't have any source of a stream or anything like that. And also I think everyone needs a water filtration system. And I think everyone needs to have the chemicals that will render, that will render water safe. That will be a minimum requirement for your water needs as far as I'm concerned. Now as far as your medicines that you have to have to survive, let's say you have a heart condition or diabetes or something, well that's where things get really tricky. So I recommend that you always have on hand, if possible, at least a six month supply of whatever medicine you need. And that will buy you a little bit of time to find another source of the medication you need if all of the channels break down. And I've got to say this right here. You have to get yourself in physical condition. If you're a couch potato, get up. Start moving. Make it a way of life. Make a lifestyle change. If you're a diabetic or have high blood pressure or any issues like that, losing 20, 30, 40 pounds is going to be the best thing you could do for your body. Lots of people who are diabetic, if they lose the weight, they can get off insulin. And as far as lowering blood pressure, lose the weight. So I think it's really important that we pay attention to our diets and very important that we don't work at cross purposes. We have to work with ourselves. We have to be the best we can be and so we can make the situations as best as it can be. And if you're 50 pounds overweight and you refuse to lose the weight or you're a chain smoker and you're trying to work on all things survival, and you're trying to be a survivalist, I want you to really think about that for a minute. You're trying to survive a crisis, but yet you're keeping your body in a crisis. Now, I know I'm preaching here, and I hate to do that, but I want all of my listeners to make it through this crisis. Well, this is just a start on being self-sufficient, and I kind of started where the rubber meets the road. And I am going to tell you this, I don't think there's a magic bullet I don't think there's a magic elixir. I don't think there's any way that we're going to be able to keep the lifestyle that we have right now intact totally. Now, we can get close in some areas. But I think now is the time for what I'm going to call personal growth. I think you need to grow as a person. You need to learn new skills. 
You need to make your attitude right. You need to do everything it takes for you to face this problem head on with your eyes wide open and your brain 100% engaged and your body able to handle everything that's thrown at you. That's my goal here is to help you get to that point. And I really do appreciate you listening today. And if you like the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, I would ask that you donate. And I do appreciate all those who donate more than they could possibly imagine. And I take checks, money orders, or cash in a secure envelope. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. And you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. And again, your donations are greatly appreciated. And visit my website. It's livingoffgridshow.wixsite.com forward slash L-O-G show. Again, livingoffgridshow.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E, dot com forward slash L-O-G show. And I want to let you know that these shows are also being put up as a video, even though it's audio only. I just have the audio playing over my picture. It's now available on BitChute, HugeTube, U-G-E-T-U-B-E, HugeTube, and also RoxyTube. And you can hear every episode on my website. I want everyone to consider my words that we're going to have to really get self-reliant really fast. And if anyone has any questions, please email me. I will be more than happy to help because that's why I'm here. And so until next time, everyone be strong, be vigilant, be brave, but most of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.